G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. We know that this whole idea of family was God's plan from the very beginning. We know that. But I tell you, doing family, being family, can be so incredibly tough because families, yours and mine, are made up of imperfect people. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're continuing with our series, Family, When Things Don't Turn Out the Way You'd Hoped, with a look at the mistakes we make. And do stay tuned, because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about my free daily devotional, Fresh. It's all about helping you dive deeper into God's Word and draw closer to Jesus to become all that He's created you to be. This week on the program, we're getting down into the muck, into the reality of what we have to deal with in our families. Hopefully, you've pretty much figured out by now that there's no such thing as the perfect family. Yours isn't the only family with issues and problems. It's just the way things are, because we're all imperfect people. You are, I am, and our various family members are as well. Last week on the program, we saw how these imperfections crept in. God put Adam and Eve in a perfect place with a perfect life, but their rebellion against God brought sin into this world, and that sin has had some significant consequences to them as husband and wife and subsequently upon their family as Cain ended up murdering his brother Abel. Let's just recap in case you missed it. This is what God tells Adam and Eve after their sin, after their rebellion. Genesis chapter 3, verses 16 to 22. To the woman, God said, I will greatly increase your pangs in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children, yet your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And to the man, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree about which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground, for out of it you are taken. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man named his wife Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made garments of skins for the man and for his wife, and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, See, the man has become like one of us knowing good and evil, and now he might reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the garden he placed a cherubim and a sword flaming and turning to guard the way to the tree of life. See, serious consequences. Enmity between husband and wife, pressure, toil, pain and banishment from the Garden of Eden, from the perfect lives that they'd had before their sin. And see, that's the family life that you and I are living out now. 
family impacted by sin. It all starts off rosy when you get married. There's romance in the air. The the intimacy of marriage is wonderful. And and so you both kind of float along on cloud nine there for a while. But eventually, you hit the ground with a thump. And that thump ultimately is caused by sin. It's the same when kids come along. Oh, woohoo, little baby, beautiful, goo-goo, gaga. Okay, a few sleepless nights, but all in all, a huge blessing and joy. Until the kid learns its very first word, and somehow that word, more often than not, is no. By age two, this delightful little Johnny or Mary has turned no into an art form. And there begins the rebellion that mother and father are going to have to deal with for as long as this child lives under their roof and beyond. See, we need to see this for what it is. And what it is, is a playing out of the same story of Adam and Eve. Sin, rebellion against God, has consequences, and those consequences can tear our families apart. In Australia, they tear 40% of marriages apart, a statistic that's pretty common across the Western world. And even in countries like India, where, by the way, the divorce rate is just around 1.4% of all marriages, they're still being torn apart by that very same thing as people live separate lives under the one roof, somewhere between detente and open warfare. Am I right? So what's the answer? Here it is. Here is the starting point for turning things around in your family. Are you listening? Are you ready? 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 to 9. Train yourself in godliness. For whilst physical training is of some value, godliness is valuable in every way, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance. Now, it's easy to read that and hear that and think to yourself, that's right. My wife or my husband or my children or my parents, they need some serious training in godliness. They need to get their lives sorted out. They need to start behaving and loving and forgiving. They need to... We we point the finger at them as though we're holier than thou, as though we're somehow perfect and not to blame for any of the problems or the conflicts in our families. Come on, give me a break. Who are we trying to kid here? Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 to 5. Why is it that you see the speck in your neighbour's eye, but you don't notice the log in your own? Or how can you say to your neighbour, let me take the speck out of your eye while the log is in your own? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly enough to take the speck out of your neighbour's eye. In fact, the closer we are to someone, the less they're likely to listen to our criticism anyway, am I right? Husbands are sick to death of being henpecked by their wives. Wives are sick to death of being told what to do by their husbands. And children just roll their eyes into the back of their heads. (laughs) Or am I missing something? Come on, let's get revelation today, you and I. A godly family begins in our hearts. Your godly family starts in your heart when you choose to start living your life for Jesus and sacrificing and forgiving and encouraging and leading by example like you're meant to be doing. And my godly family, my godly family begins in my heart when I choose to do the same thing. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. The Word of God is alive and active, amen, with the power to transform your life, to help you be all that God made you to be. 
And that's what the Fresh Daily Devotional is all about. It's completely free, and I'd love to send it to you. Each day, you'll receive a life-changing scripture, together with some words of inspiration, hope, and encouragement from me, delivered right to your inbox, where you can choose to read, listen, or even watch the daily video. It's completely up to you. Remember, God's Word is the power to change. It's fresh for you each day. You can subscribe to receive your free daily devotional at freshdevotional.org or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 to request the printed Fresh Devotional, if that works better for you. Again, that's freshdevotional.org or 1-300-722-415. My prayer is that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through the power of his word. And there is such an incredible power in the word of God, is there not? So let's dive straight back in to see what else he has for us today. When I ask around and talk to men, young and old, about the relationships they had with their fathers, I have to tell you, what emerges is a picture that's far from pretty. Very few sons or daughters, for that matter, have had close relationships with their fathers. Some have, but they are the exceptions rather than the mainstream. It seems that we men aren't all that good at being fathers and husbands sometimes. Not because we're all that bad as people, and certainly for most of us, not because we don't love our wives or our children. Ask any husband and father whether he loves his family, and the vast majority will tell you passionately that they do. The problem is that we've learned patterns of behaviour that work against being the great husbands and fathers that we want to be. And today I'd like to share with you the top three mistakes that we make. After the break, I'm going to do the same for mothers and wives, but now it's the turn of the men. So if you're a man... Open your heart and have a listen. Receive what God has for you today. If you're a woman with a man in your life, have a listen and try to understand where he's coming from. This isn't fuel for you to go and throw on the fire. This isn't ammunition that I'm giving you to fire at him. It's a way of getting inside who he is. So, are you ready? The top three mistakes that we as men make. The first one is that we seem to think that our role as the breadwinner... Look, I know for some that's a pretty outdated concept, but you know, we men are still wired that way. We think that the breadwinning part is the most important part, and so we end up putting our jobs before our families. I want to give you a case in point. As I was sitting at home in my study quite early the other morning, preparing this very message, my daughter had just landed at the airport from a three-week holiday in Europe. She's all grown up now and she'd never travelled much before, so she and a friend went in this great whirlwind adventure. My wife had gone to the airport to pick her up and they were on their way home. Now, I have a choice to make. What I really want to do as a man is keep on ploughing through my work. Another message to write and, and the week will be done and dusted. Everything in me wanted to finish the week off. But my little girl has just come home from an adventure and she wants to tell us about it over breakfast. Right there, I had a conscious decision to make. Am I going to put my work first or my family first? Now, to a woman, that's pretty much a no-brainer. Of course you'd put your family first. But to us men, it's not always that clear cut. And to our detriment, 
we end up trading diamonds for stones by immersing ourselves so much in our work, becoming so isolated from our families, that we end up losing those relationships. I think that's the biggest and most common mistake that we make. Oh, and by the way, if you're wondering, I decided to leave my study and have breakfast with my wife and daughter to share in the excitement. The second mistake I see us making over and over again is being emotionally unavailable. Happens for two reasons. One is because of the first mistake. We immerse ourselves so much in our work that we're either physically absent, spending long hours in the office or wherever, or by the time we do get home, we're emotionally and physically absent. We just don't have anything left in the emotional tank. And so we withdraw into our man cave, something that men do to recharge their batteries, sure, but we withdraw and never come out. And so as a result, we're not really part of the ebb and flow of the family life anymore. I know more than anyone that I need some time on my own each day to recharge my batteries. The way I best wind down after work is to shut down, watch the news or something on TV for half an hour or so, not talk to anyone, process the problems of the day and lay them to rest. And then I'm ready to interact again. Women often don't understand that, but it's important to most of us as men. The mistake we make is that we don't come out of the man cave and become part of the family again, and that leads to the third most common mistake we make. We stop leading. We stop being men. We stop doing the things expected of us as men. Disciplining the children, encouraging our teenage daughters, being a tower of strength and wisdom when the family's going through a tough time. (laughs) Sounds a bit old-fashioned, doesn't it? But if I asked, nine out of ten wives will complain that their husband has stopped leading and dealing with difficult issues in the family. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 to 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise attached, so that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. See, that requires leadership. The father has a huge role to play in teaching children to honour their parents, a skill that is so necessary and, and so sadly absent these days for when they grow up and they have to learn to be subject to authority at work and elsewhere. You know, it takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of emotional input to play that role. And yet too many fathers, too many husbands have just given up on it as though it's not important anymore in the society in which we live. Listen, it is important. Dads have to lead. Husbands have to lead. It's part of their role. So so let's just summarise it again. The top three mistakes that we men make in our families. Firstly, we think that our work is more important than our family. It's a lie that so many men fall for, and it's a lie that destroys so many families. Secondly, we make ourselves emotionally unavailable, so we're not part of the family anymore emotionally. And thirdly, we abdicate our leadership role in the family. And those mistakes, those mistakes contribute to many a dysfunctional family and many a family that's torn apart. Come on, guys, you have a job to do. Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. Life can be hard work some days, and as that daily grind just kind of grinds away at us, it's easy to forget that Jesus died and rose again to give us victory. 
That's why I'd love to send you a short text message of encouragement straight to your phone, just as the Spirit leads, perhaps even when you least expect it. That's what Victory SMS is all about. Roughly every other week, I ask the Lord, what word of encouragement could I give to you today? So if you'd like the occasional bit of encouragement to help you live your life in victory, then head across to victorysms.org and when you do subscribe, you'll immediately receive a free copy of my ebook, Power Unlimited. Thousands of people already have. And the most common response? Oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. How did you know that? Thank you so much. It's simply amazing how powerfully the Spirit of God can move through just a short text message. And I'd love to encourage you too to live your life in victory. Again, that web address is victorysms.org. Okay, let's head straight back into the Word of God. We live in a world that celebrates diversity. I've been blessed to grow up in a city with so much ethnic diversity. That means different cultures, different foods. It's awesome. And yet, for some reason, the diversity that we have in families often ends up being a source of tension and division, no more so than in the differences between men and women. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that men and women are profoundly different. Of course, that's why we fall in love, because we're different. But it doesn't take too long in a marriage for those differences to start to become a source of tension and division. Before the break, we talked about the top three mistakes that men typically make in a family situation. Pursuing work first, being emotionally withdrawn or completely unavailable, and abdicating their roles as husbands and fathers, as leaders. Today we're going to chat about the top three mistakes that women make in marriage and family. I make the point that we dealt with men earlier in case you've just tuned in and for some reason you come to the conclusion that I'm only knocking women. I'm not knocking anyone. What this series is about is dealing with real life issues that we all confront in our families. That's why it's called family, when things don't turn out the way you'd hoped. And as I've said a few times so far in this series, there aren't any perfect families out there. We all have issues to deal with, so let's get into it. The top three mistakes that women make in marriage and family. Because if you're a woman, if you can see some of these in how you behave in your family, then it's a great opportunity to make a few changes, to get things back on the rails, and to see the positive impact that it's going to have in your family. Here's the first one. The one at the top of my list is making your children more important than your husband. Now, mothers have an incredibly special role in bringing up their kids. They obviously carry them physically for nine months. They give birth to them and all that that involves. In most cases, they breastfeed them and do much of the day-to-day bringing up, particularly when the kids are young. Little wonder that mothers have such a close attachment to their children. And that's as it should be, right? Of course, through much of those younger years, mum spends countless hours investing in the little ones. Fathers do too, of course, and some families share that equally. But in most families, truth be known, the traditional roles still apply. But things get thrown out of kilter when at some point the children become more important to the woman than her husband. Manifests in all kinds of ways, the husband begins to resent the fact He can see how his wife lights up around the children and how she has that bored or even cranky demeanour when she's around him. See, this is such a tragedy. 
One day those children will be grown up and off on their way, living out their lives. And at that point, many couples discover there's nothing left between them. One of the root causes of that, not the only cause by any means, but one of the biggies is this syndrome where women become more emotionally attached to their children and less emotionally connected with their husbands. Of course, it was never meant to be an either-or situation. It just wasn't. Wives and mothers have more than enough love in their hearts to go around. But if you check back to your wedding vows, it's most likely that you said something like this, I take you to be my husband, and in doing this, I set myself apart from the rest of the world for you and you alone. Everything that I am and everything that I have, I give to you. In the heights of our joy and in the depths of our sorrow, I promise to be by your side, to hold you, to encourage you, to honour you and to cherish you. All of these things are yours until we are parted in death. That means promising to put him first. And that leads me to the second mistake that seems to be so prevalent. Putting him first doesn't mean putting him down, especially in front of others and especially in front of the children. Whether it's politically correct to say it or not, most men are wired to lead. They just are. It doesn't mean dominate and control. No, not that. But some women seem to think that their husband is their own personal home improvement project. And so they nag and nag and complain and nag. They disagree with him in front of their children rather than in private. And that one thing can tear a family apart. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 19 says this, It is better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. As a man, let me say amen to that one. And finally, I think the third most prevalent mistake that women make in family situations is not allowing the husband to perform his role when it comes to disciplining the children. In my view, all discipline should come from love and it shouldn't be harsh. That's exactly what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. But note here that the father does have a role to discipline the children, to set boundaries, to make sure that there are consequences for stepping over those boundaries. Mothers often undermine that process because they love their children so much. They want to make it easy for their kids. They want to kind of wrap them in cotton wool. And they do it to the detriment of their children and the detriment of their marriage. Kids need to learn these lessons when they're at home. They need to be prepared for the lives that they're going to leave out in that harsh, cruel world out there. And that requires some leadership and some discipline. And most often, it's the father's role to make that happen. So let's sum them up. The first most common mistake is making your children more important than your husband. The second is putting him down with constant nagging and complaining. And the third is undermining the husband and the father's role in disciplining their children. If you recognise any of those in your marriage, if you recognise any of those in your behaviour as a wife and a mother, then it's time to do something about them. Really. It's hard, isn't it? When, When someone goes and puts their finger on what potentially are faults of ours, it's a bit uncomfortable, isn't it? And yet none of what we've chatted about today is meant to criticise or condemn. 
I know that God wants so many good things for your family and he wants to bless your family and for him to be able to do that to its fullest effect, for you to experience the blessing of God in your family. We each need to own our part of the problem, to step up, to admit our faults and under God's mighty hand to set about doing something about them. Husbands love their wives more than words can say. I love this proverb. Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 to 13. A capable wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. What a precious wife such a woman is to her husband and to her children. And what incredible power she has to either build up her family or to tear it down. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1. The wisest of women builds her house, but folly with her own hands tears it down. If you're a wife and or a mother, let me encourage you to take those two scriptures to heart. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1, and Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 to 13. Your husband will never, ever, ever be perfect. He cannot be. But chances are that he loves you beyond words. And as you bless him with wisdom and respect, he will in turn bless you more than words can say. And when your children grow up seeing how mum and dad live, how they honour each other, how they respect each other, how they bless each other, that will have such a huge impact on them for the rest of their lives. And that... That's the way God always planned it to be. This Christianity Works program is sharing the powerful, practical Word of God with so many people in over 160 countries around the world. But that's only made possible through the generous support of friends just like you. Each dollar that you give today will grow to reach nearly 3,000 people with a gospel message. Incredible! That means that a gift today of just $35 can touch over 100,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. So let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today. Securely online at ChristianityWorks.com or by calling 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, two things. Firstly, don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet that I've been telling you about. It's only available for a limited time, so don't miss out. Secondly, we would love to pray for you. Absolutely. Just click on the powerful prayer tile at the bottom of the homepage. Again, that's all at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.